Hello, and welcome to The Executive Appeal, a show that convenes the world's most powerful and successful leaders to share mentoring and career advancement advice to help you successfully transition into senior level executive positions. I'm your host, Alex Trumbull, award-winning speaker, author, and leadership expert with over a decade of experience coaching and advising some of our nation's most senior level government leaders. So if you're ready to reach your goals, let's get started. Hello, everyone. My name is Alex Trimble, and this is the Executive Pill Podcast. As you know, this show, along with all of my speaking, coaching, and consulting services, are laser-focused on helping organizations prepare high-performing leaders from all backgrounds to successfully transition to and excel in vice president and senior VP-type positions. And if you and your organization are serious about developing diverse and highly effective executive leadership teams, one, you're in the right place. And two, I encourage you to visit me at alextremble.com or reach out to me at team at alextremble.com so we can discuss how we can work together to help you and your organization reach its DEI and leadership development goals. Finally, the Executive Pill Podcast is now one of the top 5% most popular shows in the world. And this didn't happen by accident. It was you who made this happen, and it will be you who determines the success of this podcast in the future. So please, if you enjoy this content, if you, if you, if you believe that you've gained something from the, what, what, the advice and the strategies our guests share with you, do us a favor. Click the like button. Please, please, please share your thoughts and your questions in the comments section. Please be, be, be willing to share this with at least one or two colleagues today because it's your sharing and interacting with this content which will allow the show to keep growing and helping more and more people. So with no further ado, let me say today is a good day. See, today we have Jillian Murphy with us and, and she is a highly sought after sales and business mentor who has mastered the art of sales and scaling, not only for her own business, but has helped hundreds of other online business owners as well. With over 22 years of experience in sales and marketing and growing multiple businesses of her own, she has now made it her mission to help online business owners gain real results in sales and messaging. What's going on, madam? How you living? What's up? I'm so excited to be here. I'm like such a fan of you. So I know that I'm going to be such a fan of your community today. And I'm so excited to pour into you today, my friend. Oh my goodness. Look, I can't say nothing more than the same because I get to watch you all the time on your social media platforms. And I'm like, dude, um, I want to be hurt when I grow up. Like, can I make <laughs> this happen? Is that a thing? <laughs> I mean, absolutely. We can absolutely make that happen. Well, you know, I, I want to talk us that. I mean, honestly, seriously, anyone who's watching this on YouTube or wherever you may be watching it in addition to listening, I wanted to really quickly call out your style. Thank you. I love you talk about you know, you are a real person. You're a real woman. I love your hat, the baseball cap you got on. You know, when we think about sales and businesses, you know, you would think about like old school, maybe you have like a, a, a pantsuit on and, and you would have maybe some pearls so you can grab your pearls if something happens. Um, how, what is this perception of what it looks like to be a salesperson? I love that to start us off there. Yeah, so it's so good. When I came into really the online space and really actually before that, so I'll tell you, take you back a little bit to my corporate career. I started in corporate sales 22 years ago, 
And I was actually the first female hired in my sales organization since 1963. So when I came in to food service distribution, which was the organ, like the genre that I was in, it was walking into old school boy club. And I very much could have done the suit, right? All of those things. But I knew that I needed to like stand out and be like who authentically I was. So I back then, even then, wore like suits with like my Vans and suits with like <laughs> my Converse, right? And I would wear like a messy bun. Like I was just unapologetic about who I was, even back then being 22 years old. Like I just, I blazed a trail back then. And I knew when I started in corporate that I was going to be a leader. And I did things my own way. I did sales calls my own way. I went in my own way. I handled sales meetings my own way. And all of those things have got me to where I am today. I quickly moved up the corporate ladder. I became a sales executive trainer. And even when I was in corporate and I started moving from an entry-level salesperson to a sales trainer, to a topic sales exec, to you know having a corner office, all of those things, I literally still had that same style. But really, it wasn't style. It was just being unapologetically like, who I was, right? To the fact of like, my business cards didn't look the same as everybody else. It's like, I just always just wanted to stand out and be who I was. And I truly believe that that was my magnetism. Yeah. And it was the same thing when I came on to the online space. It was like, I was just going to be 100% who I was. And it's interesting, like you called out like the ball cap, like wearing a ball cap is something that I wear every single day. So whether I'm speaking on a stage or I'm going on a podcast, or I'm meeting a girlfriend for coffee today, or I'm going out for date night, I always have a hat on. Sometimes it's a Gucci hat. Sometimes it's a Forever 21 hat. Like sometimes it's a fancier hat, but like, it's just who I am. So I don't change who I am because of like the scenario that I'm on, right? It's like funny, I'll get on podcasts sometimes and they'll be like, oh, well, like, I wasn't sure if you knew we were going to go on video. I'm like, oh no, this is like, this is like 100% like who I fucking am. Like it's who I am. And it's who I'm going to show up as, because if I have to show up differently, then I'm not going to bring my best self. Mm -hmm. How, how, again, I know I'm, I, I, if you listen to these episodes, everyone, if you go back to um, Jason, uh, Jason, I, I, maybe season one, we, we talk about something similar, but the question always arises, you can choose to be you, mm -hmm. but how do you come over, overcome the fear? of 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 standing out because the reality is, is that you know if you have a a list of 100 people and every single one of them are the same exact person with the same exact experiences like you don't stand out like your chance of being selected or or, or moved up or, or awarded or whatever go probably decreases substantially but to stand out you have that opportunity but there's also risk to it so how do you overcome that fear of yeah. standing out and being different I think the biggest thing is that people, one, need to be secure in who they are, right? And you have to be, you have to be unapologetic about who that is. So that probably is a little bit of mindset work, right? And I actually feel that when you are not showing up who you authentically are, that's actually more work, right? It's actually more energy, right? If I had to come on this podcast today and I had to be suit Jill in Pearl Jill, and be nervous about what I was going to say. And, oh, no, I have to be like all polished because I'm on Alex's podcast versus my own podcast. That's actually more fear. That's actually more anxiety. That's actually more like, oh, no, what do I do? Right. 
So I actually find that like when you are being yourself, that is actually more, again, when you are more your authentic self, that is actually when you are releasing some of the fear. And this is the thing. I always ask people this when they start working with me or I'm speaking into a mastermind or whatever. It's like, what is your superpower? Like, what is, what is it, right? Like mine is being like unapologetically myself. Maybe yours is like, you're a great communicator or you love Michael Jordan or you're a great mom, right? Whatever, what is your superpower? And then I want you to ask yourself, would the people following you right now on social media know this? If they don't know this, then you have a little bit of work to do. Because if that is your superpower, that is actually what makes you stand out online. And that is actually the thing that you should be leading with, right? So I'm just going to use me for an example. My superpower is like, I'm real as shit. I'm going to tell it to you like it is. I'm going to give you tough love, whether you like it or not. That's actually what sets me apart from 99% of the business coaches out there. When you come to my social media, you know that. Now, a lot of people are for it. The people that are for that are like, hell yeah, she's my person. The people that aren't for it, that's okay. Because those aren't the people that I want to attract and I'm not the coach for them anyways. So whatever your superpower is, make sure that you're leaning into it because that's the magnetism to you. I, 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 I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it so much. So you, you got me thinking. So, so again, I'm literally right now in the process of finishing up my next book, which is specifically focused on um, building intentional relationships. And I'll be launching um, later on this year, um, 2023. And you, you make me think about that, that abundance mindset, right? Yeah. Um, because if you, if you decide and you make a conscious decision, this is who I am, and this is who I'm going to show out to the world, um, you're absolutely right. There are going to be people who love it. <laughs> who absolutely love it and they're gonna they're gonna flock to you and want to be around you and work with you and partner so on and so forth but there are also going to be people who are like nah you're not my cup of tea 100%. I, i'm not going to hire you i'm not going to do this i'm not going to do that and you have to be willing to say that's okay that's because okay. there's other people out my 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 crowd is out there mm -hmm. um, so I, I love what you're talking about in regards to and be, being also being able to accept the consequence of it that you're not everyone's cup of tea and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting. Just yesterday, I posted a reel and I don't really watch my numbers too much. Like I'm not a big vanity metrics person. Like I'm not like, oh, I gained a follower. I lost a follower. But I know a lot of times I post polarizing content, right? I, I say things kind of how it is. And I posted a reel yesterday and it said, if you want to be a leader in this space, quit being a follower. And I, I posted a pretty direct reel. And yesterday, my following count went down by 16 people. Because I know that there were at least 16 people that were like, shit, I know she's talking to me and I don't like that. Mm. That's okay. Because that, those 16 people, I'm not for. I post a lot of content that a lot of people in my DMs are like, hell yes, girl, this was an amazing post. I also post a lot of content that people send me messages and they were like, are you talking to me? I think this was directed at me. This is the thing. If people are posting content and you think that it's directed at you, that's some internal work. Mm -hmm. that you have to do because usually if something is triggering you there's a reason why it's triggering you and that's just an invitation to go a little bit deeper to be like am i a leader am i doing this is this content speaking to me because while i'm not directly speaking to someone in particular if something is triggering you or it is polarizing you use that as an invitation to go a little bit deeper don't just unfollow somebody but it's so much easier to unfollow somebody. <laughs> unfollow mute. That's that girl, right? All the things. 
<laughs> you know, I was uh, I was actually listening to um, I was kind of scrolling through YouTube the other day. I probably shouldn't do that, but um, a, a video popped up and they were criticizing. Um, oh my god, uh, the guy who does 10x, he does 10x selling stuff. Oh um, yeah, Grant Cardone. Grant Cardone. Yeah. I'm obsessed with Grant Cardone. I actually really like Grant Cardone. I'm obsessed like with them. <laughs> yeah. And so they, 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 but you either love them or you hate them. But they, here, that's the thing: is that mm -hmm. you love him or you hate him. And the people who were criticizing him was saying, "Well, oh, he's saying he's talking to his guest, and the guest made a hundred thousand dollars this last year, and he's saying that's nothing. How are you going to live off of that? You need to be making seven hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars." Like, and, and and like, oh, now you're he's talking down to everybody. I'm like, no, he's not. Like, he's saying you can do more. You know, yeah, and, and, if, and but that's the thing is he is talking to those individuals who want to do more, right? Um, who aren't the who who are not okay with with the bare minimum. And again, this is where I find myself at times as well is as I'm as I'm sharing ideas and strategies to to, to navigate one's career and, and move up in their career. I I've literally had people say, "Why are you so focused on getting people more money or making them?" Um, uh, helping them, you know, move to executive level positions. They should be happy where they are. I'm like, well, maybe you are, but yep. not everyone is. Everyone, exactly. not everyone wants what you have, you know? Yeah, and I love this. I actually did a whole podcast episode on Kim Kardashian and Grant Cardone. We haven't released it yet, but let me just share with you why Grant Cardone is the best marketer out there. Mm -hmm. You and I right now are talking about Grant Cardone on a podcast. Whether you love Grant Cardone <laughs> or you hate Grant Cardone, and now your audience is all getting exposed to him. This is why he is a marketing maven, because mm -hmm. even the people that love him are talking about him and the people that don't love him are talking about him. And he is consistently getting publicity, marketing and people talking about him. I always say Grant Cardone and Kim Kardashian are the two best marketers on the freaking planet. <laughs> you now I'm going to take this to everyone who's, who maybe be in the, the, the office space. Um, I think the same thing applies, right? You don't want to be positioning yourself within your organization where no one talks about you, right? You 100%. Be, you got to be doing something because either they'll be, oh my God, you know, um, she, he is freaking killing it. Or they're like, hey, you, did you hear about what's the name did? Like, he's, he's crazy or she's crazy. She's tried to do X, Y, and Z. Like people need to be talking about you. Otherwise, no one knows you. And right. I, I was talking to someone, they said the, the biggest problem um, leaders, and they were actually talking about small businesses have, is obscurity. It, mm -hmm. it, it's not that you don't have a great skill or a great ability or leadership capability and so on and so forth. Is that no one knows about you. No one knows about you. Yeah. There's, I read a book, it's called um, The Nuclear Effect. If you never read it, it's such a great book. And it literally talks about one of the best things that you need as a business owner is omnipresence. And what that is, it's like people need to know who mm -hmm. you are. Right. It's like whether you are in an organization, whether you are a small business, whether you are an online person, it's like all of those things. And it's like when you have a skill set, whether you are in an office, whether you are owning a coffee shop, whether you are online, it doesn't matter how good your coffee is, how good of a leader you are, how good of a business coach you are. If nobody knows who you are yeah. and nobody is talking about you, that is terrible. When I first came to the online space, I was literally everywhere. I was on 307 podcasts my first year. I was doing Instagram lives like they were going out of style. And people used to say to me, you are literally everywhere. I like never even heard of you. And now you're everywhere. It was super intentional because whether you loved me or you hated me, you were like, I keep saying Jillian Murphy's name everywhere. And that created mental real estate, Jillian Murphy sales, Jillian Murphy sales. And that started to build the foundation of the business I have today.
Are you ready to bring your DEI efforts to the next level? Introducing Alex Tremble, a professional speaker who combines expertise and entertainment to create an unforgettable experience for DEI professionals and organizing staff. With a focus on leadership, mentorship, and relationship building, Alex is dedicated to helping organizations attract, develop, and retain diverse and high-qualified leaders. From the 12 pillars of an effective mentoring relationship to the seven must-have leadership skills, Alex provides practical advice that can be immediately implemented. Don't miss out on the opportunity to have Alex at your next event. Contact team at alextrimble.com to book the speaker who will take your organization's diversity and inclusion journey to new heights. Dude, that's so freaking, it's, it's, again, it's, I freaking, it's, it's amazing. And I, I want to ask, what about those people right now who are saying, look, I hear you. Jillian, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm spiritually bonding with you. We're going there today. I'm here but for it. I'm, I don't know if I got the energy. Like, it sounds like you have a lot of energy in order to do this, to make these big moves. Like, what do you? What would you tell someone who they're saying, hey, look, I understand, but how do I do all of that and have a life? Yeah. So I always talk about this. I am actually a very lazy entrepreneur. Honestly, I am not somebody who works a ton of time. Um, I sleep in every day. I go to the gym twice a day. Um, I nap like you guys. This is the problem. Most and you guys, and I say this a lot. I have a lot of podcast episodes on this. I am not somebody who works a million hours a week. I am not somebody who works a million hours a day, but I do work very smart and I do work very intentionally. There's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that are very busy. They are not productive. They are not intentional with their time. I just taught this in my mastermind yesterday. I do two power hours a day. And what that looks like is I have two very intentional hours a day in my business. Now, this is different than coaching. Because working in your business is very different than working on your business, right? So when I'm coaching clients, that's, that's not the same as working in on my business. That's working in my business, right? So that's different than coaching clients, masterminds, speaking, being on a podcast. But I have two hours a day that I'm working in my business. That's things like pitching podcasts. That's things like doing in, uh, Instagram outreach. That's things like creating content. If you are intentional and you are strategic about the time, you can absolutely build an incredible business with two to three intentional hours a day. But what happens is most of you guys are scattered. You have squirrel brain. You probably have a little bit of ADHD. You don't have a great mentor and you're trying to do all the things. You're building 17 houses at one time. And at the end of the day, quite honestly, you just shuffle the bunch of papers around and you haven't actually been focused on building the business. That's honestly what happens because I've coached a thousand entrepreneurs and it's a very repeatable thing that I see all day long. You know, I, I want to dive into this now. Um, you, you do something called, um, how, how do you pronounce this? Set, set, sell, sales, sales. Hmm. Interesting concept. Sales. <laughs> you know, yeah. as you, as you very correctly state, you know, sales is truly the oxygen of your business yeah. and the most important skill any business owner can acquire. And I would say, I would broaden not only the business owner, I would say anyone and everyone, because we are all always selling, whether it's like, hey, what do you want for dinner tonight? You know, I want 
Spanish food. I want Italian food. You got to sell someone all the food, right? Yeah, you're selling your wife every day on stuff. I guarantee it. And she's selling you all day on stuff. For some reason, I'm not as effective as her, but you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll just keep going. <laughs> but, but, but there is so much fear around selling. Again, even though we're doing all the time, there's still a, a very healthy fear that most people have about selling. I want to start off there and I have a follow-up question. So why do you believe there is a fear associated with selling? The biggest reason that people have, well, there's actually two reasons why people have a fear with selling. One is because there is probably some time in your past that you were sold to in a way that felt really gross, right? Maybe you bought a car, maybe you bought a house, maybe you bought a pair of shoes and you just remember being sold to and it felt really gross. So that is usually the time that you remember sales feeling really gross. And now you don't want to feel that way. And we don't even really probably subconsciously remember when it was, but that is now what you remember sales feeling like. So we have to re go try to remember like what was that and then reverse like why that feels like that. But sales doesn't need to feel like that. Sales should actually never feel salesy. Sales should never feel like you're convincing. Sales should never be pushy. And part of the reason why sales feels that way for a lot of people is because the most people have not actually been trained on sales. So you were sold to in a way that felt gross, pushy, salesy, slimy, because unfortunately the person on the other end was not taught how to actually sell. You guys, I say this all the time. We all get messages in our DMs, right? We all get messages in our LinkedIn. We all get these gross spammy messages. It's actually not their fault. They have not been trained on like how to properly send a message. They haven't properly been told like how to, how to send it, right? I actually feel bad for those people. I don't get mad. I don't get frustrated. I'm like, let me coach you on like how you could properly send this message to maybe get a better response next time. Because most people have never actually gone through a formal sales training. So also next time you get a sleazy message in your DMs, you guys be a little nicer. They don't know what they're doing. But you want to just, I mean, they, they really don't know what they're doing. They're, they're doing the best they can. They're trying. It's a mom trying to sell you lotion or someone from high school. They don't, they don't really know what they're doing. They're doing the best they can. But when it comes to sales, it's like, we want to remember that we are truly trying to help somebody. And if you can help somebody, you're literally just offering them a service, right? But what happens so often in sales is that people don't take the time to actually get to know people. And what happens is they're going right in for the kill. They're going right in to be like, hey, do you want to come to this? Or can I help you with this? And it's like, you have to slow down. Mm -hmm. You have to slow down in sales and really get to know the person. And unfortunately, we are in a world where we want everything like this. We want instant gratification. We want to lose the belly fat. We want to lose the weight. We want to get the sale. And sales does not happen like that. One of my favorite things to say is like, you have to slow down to enroll people in your vision, your mission, your, your podcast, whatever it is. And if you can slow down, you're going to have so much better success in sales. So you, so you, we've, you've talked about sales in general. Now I'll tell you a little bit of my sales journey. <clears throat> so yeah. one for everyone, if you have the opportunity to take a psychology class, especially a yes. psychology and sociology class, I strongly encourage you to do it because we all generally speaking, interact with people. Um, mm -hmm. another class that I would strongly recommend everyone take is sales, right? Mm -hmm. Understanding how to sell because you, we all do it with the seller ideas and whatnot. And so as I've had the opportunity to serve in many multiple executive level and senior level positions, right? And so 
I always found it particularly easy to sell an idea to management or sell an idea to, to, to whoever's making the decision um, when I was selling an idea that was for my team or that was for someone else. Like it was, it was so much easier to advocate on behalf of someone else than it was myself. And I'll say even with my business, you know, my business has been going strong for almost 10 years now. And I can tell you it made a significant turn once I, when, when I was different between when I was selling for myself, like trying to grow the business to help more people um, versus when our little boy was on the way. So we have a, our, our son on the way. And now my mindset became, oh, Alex, you're doing this to help him. And so it became so much easier for me to have those sell conversations and not feel a type of way. So my question is, my wife posed this to me the other day, why does, that, why does it feel easier to, to do these things when you're doing it on behalf of someone else versus yourself? That is such a great question. And I love that we're talking about this. So I was in corporate sales for 22 years and I represented some of the biggest brands in the world, Stouffer's, Lean Cuisine, Gatorade, like some of the biggest food names in the brand. So it was very easy for me to go in and be like, hey, do you want to take in a truckload of Gatorade? Do you want to take in a truckload of Pepsi, right? Like it was very easy because honestly, the brand was itself right? And it was very different than when you had to go in and sell a personal brand. So I think what happens is we're not used to having to sell ourselves. But you guys, at the end of the day, you're selling yourself because they can buy the brand from anyone. So this is where I think you really have to go back into like that internal work, right? So even when I was back in corporate sales, I can remember I would have to fight for that Gatorade sale because they could buy Gatorade from another distributor. Yeah, they could yeah. buy it from somebody else. I wasn't the only one. And I had to really think like, okay, why would they buy it from Jill when they could buy it, get it on another truck, yeah. when they could be five cents different, right? And I had to say to myself, like, what value do I bring, right? So this is where it's like, what do you bring to the table? What is your unique selling proposition? Is it your customer service? Is it your integrity? Is it just the fact that you can riff with your like your ideal client like what is it about you because that is what's going to set you apart right i will never forget when i was in corporate sales i walked in to one of my clients and i had a business card right and they did not like my distribution company and he literally i gave him my card and he literally took my business card and he ripped it up in front of me. <laughs> and, and he literally was like here you go like f your company They've screwed us a million times. And I remember standing there and he literally gave my card back to me and it was like in a thousand pieces. And I thought to myself, okay, I can literally stand here and cry. I can walk out or I can do something about this. And I said to myself, you know what? You are not buying from them anymore. You are actually buying from Jillian. So I would actually like to get rid of this card, put it in the garbage can and give you the opportunity to buy from Jill yeah. because you've never actually bought from me. So I know this is going to take time to like rebuild a relationship and yes, it's going to come on their truck and they're going to invoice you and all those things. But like, I'm your girl now. And it took time for Mike and I to build a relationship. It took time for Mike and I to build rapport, but that was actually the differentiator was like, now he was buying from me, not the brand anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's so interesting about that is, so again, the, 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 the model I use to tell, teach people how to build intentional and mutually beneficial relationships is the, the, the 4C connection model. Um, and it, really quickly, it's the uh, mindset change, internal clarity, external clarity, and behavior choice. And the funny thing about this is that most people believe that 
when you're out there trying to build relationships with people, it's you need to go focus on that person. Who is that person? What, what, what are their interests? Like, how, how do I make sure I know where they are and so on and so forth? But what you just talked about, which is what, I, again, I completely agree with, is you need to understand yourself, internal clarity before external clarity. What are your, what's your value proposition? How can you help other people? How can you serve other people? If you know that stuff first, now you can come to the table ready to try to help someone versus, again, going there and kind of fumbling around, you know? That's what I feel like. Yeah, no, I think, I think that that's so good. And I think that that's important for everybody to know. It's like, you know, you really are selling yourself at the end of the day, whatever it is, whether you're selling your wife on dinner, you're selling your coaching, you're selling someone to pitch them on a podcast, like in the more clear you can be on what you bring to the table, that's really going to be the differentiator. Well, I, I do want to ask you, um, you do a fair amount of social media, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to get, this is a touchy topic, topic, just let me know. Um, no, it's fine. So, so you, you do social media, you do sales. Um, mm-hmm. Are you worried about AI? Um, as I, I know some people in the marketing industry who are like really worried because they're like, ah, you know, what we used to do for organizations, they can type in themselves and, you know, chat GPT or some other AI could create this. W- what are your thoughts in regards to, to how effective the, the AI programs are? And are, are you worried about, the, about this industry? Yeah, that's a really great question. I actually just took a chat GBT like AI course. Uh, I have a really good friend who's like a genius in this. We're in a mastermind together. And we've actually replaced a few things in our own business with it. Like for an example, my podcast show notes. Um, it's done a couple emails for me. It's done naming some things for me. Um, it's not taking over what I do in my business personally. But I have seen it. I where I see it being taking over some things is like content writing, copywriting. But for the human interaction, I don't feel that it's doing that. Like for what I do, I don't feel like it's going to coach people. I don't feel like it's going to customize their business. Now, if I was a copywriter, I might be worried. If I was someone that wrote content, I might be worried, right? So for an example, I have a couple of clients that their whole job is writing content for people. We are creating some other avenues for them. So that if the time comes in their business that ChatGPT takes it over, they have some other resources that they're doing, right? I have a couple of clients that their whole business is copywriters. So we are looking into the future of what that is. For what I do, because I'm more customized on like growing your sales teams and growing your businesses, it's not really affecting me. If anything, it's actually like help take some tasks off of my plate. But I do feel for some people, it is going to interfere a little bit of what they do. And I think we don't know what it's going to do in the future. So um, I'll tell you that I, I was speaking to a friend of mine, uh, Glenna, who, who again, was also on a former podcast and former ambassador as well. The, the woman is just freaking phenomenal. And we are talking about this in, in AI. And we basically ended up exactly where you ended up. Um, AI will be able to help with content. Like that, that's, mm-hmm. that is the reality. But what you just talked about, that relationship piece, mm-hmm. it can't do that. And we don't know at some point in the future, maybe it will. But the reality is, is that you and I are connected, not because you received some AI email, mm-hmm. it's because there is a, a, an introduction between a mutual friends of ours. And that relationship is what opened that door. And can, so I talk about this in the new book, is it how to leverage that. But I love what you're talking about, just how important it is to be, ha ha ha, be, be intentional and foresee what's going to happen in the future. So you're not caught, you know, standing flat foot 
when technology does impact your industry? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important for all of us to always know what it is, right? So, you know, I'll give you a good example. It's like, you know, I'm in the online space. Two years ago, digital courses were selling like hotcakes. Right now, digital courses aren't selling as well. People want more one-on-one custom attention. Right now, people want in-person events. So it doesn't matter if it's AI or it's courses or it's Mm. in-person. It's like you need to know what's coming up in preparing yourself and also being in rooms and being with mentors and studying the market so that you're not like dumbfounded when when it comes up, right? My business looks nothing like it did two and a half years ago because I know what's coming up. Just like I know right now, people really want live events. So I'm preparing my business to have live events in 2024, in 2025, because I'm foreseeing what's coming. Just like two years ago, people really wanted group coaching programs. Well, they're over that now. They were in the pandemic. They had more disposable income. They were sitting at home. They didn't give a shit about being on Zoom calls anymore. They don't want that anymore. So it's like, whether it's AI or it's coaching or it's leadership or it's in, whatever it is, it's like foreseeing what's coming and making sure your business is set up for that. See everyone, hashtag 4C connection model. There we go. Boom. Didn't even- Boom. <laughs> that's why you listen to this podcast and you got alex in your life so look I, I i know that you have to jump off fairly soon and i think you have a meeting with dan Locke. um <laughs> i'm obsessed with dan Locke too he's I another actually, <laughs> yeah i actually have a hat from him and it says closer and sometimes i feel like an asshole when i wear it on my coaching calls because i like says closer yeah. but i am obsessed with dan Locke. dude again some of these people are like just really good at what they do and yeah it, it, you can't knock them uh, no, I, I love Dan Lock. I, I want so one last one last question there before I again I need to head off. Um, you have mentioned a number of times um, masterminds and other yeah. groups and organizations that you you learn and grow with. Um, I'd love to hear like what have those groups? One, how, how did you find those groups? And two, like how have those groups? helped you grow as a leader? Okay, yeah. So one, I cannot say enough about masterminds. They have absolutely changed the trajectory of my business. There is something powerful about being in a room, one with other people that just one, understand where you're going. Because just like you said, right, there are people that are going to be okay living status quo. And there's nothing wrong with that. Making 50 grand, 100 grand, whatever it is, like those people are fine. But once you get to a point in your life where you do dream bigger, and you want to expand, and you want to do things, you are going to outgrow some people in your life. And you're going to want to have bigger conversations. And the people that are in your current circle, they're not going to understand that, right? My girlfriends that I had two years ago, don't understand that I want to have a live event, or I want to talk about chat GPT or whatever, right? So you need to find people that understand where you're going. And these are the rooms that people get it. They also push you to think bigger. They push you to expand, right? Because again, if you're always in your same bubble, you're going to always be the rock star, right? In my friend circle, I'm always going to be the rock star right now. I'm always going to be the one that's making the most, driving the nicest car, having the nicest home. I don't want to be that person. I want to be the smallest fish that I'm surrounded by people that I'm like, holy shit, this is possible, right? So when I get into those rooms, I'm like, I can't believe this is possible. So being in those rooms has just massively, massively stretched me. And it's shortening the gap, right? If I can get into a room where people are further ahead of me and I can get on a Zoom call with them, text them on my phone, 
ask them a question and they've already done it, it's like unbelievable. I'll give you a great example. I'm in a mastermind right now with a girl that's having million dollar quarters in her coaching business. So <laughs> if I want to have a million dollar year and she's having a million dollar quarters, what is it now like that I literally have her accessible to text yeah. her? That is literally shortening the gap. And it's also showing me what's possible. Yeah. So getting in those rooms is massively important, right? So that has just absolutely changed it. It's absolutely changed the game. And you are now having referrals, you're having introductions, and it's just, I can't say enough about it. I have my own masterminds that I facilitate, and then I'm also in masterminds that grow and expand me. So right now I'm currently in two masterminds and yeah, they're for two very different reasons. One I'm actually in because my ideal client is in. So I'm actually the big fish in one, which is strategic. And then the other one, I'm the baby fish in. So one I'm in because my ideal client's in it and I'm like the leader. Mm -hmm. And then the other one, I'm the baby fish in where I'm like just kicking and screaming and scratching to get all the information that I can. You are freaking boss. You are... <laughs> <laughs> you, you are such such a boss. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my God. I received that. Thank you so much. Madam, look again, I know you got to jump off. I, I want to open the floor back up to you. Are there any final thoughts, ideas, anything you'd like to share with the guests as we begin to wrap up? You know, honestly, I would just say if there is something in you right now, this conversation sparks something, whether it's entrepreneurship, it's sales, it's a side hustle. It's like, you know what? I just, I want to do it. If it's in you, it's for you. And honestly, just go in it. Reach out to Alex, reach out to myself, you know, go do it. Life is short. You only have one life to live. And if you're listening to this podcast, I know you are meant for more. I know that you are a, a, someone who wants something big, but don't just be a big draper. Be a big action taker and go get it. Dude, dude. Okay, look, everyone. Again, if you didn't catch something in this episode, you were asleep. Uh, so you need to wake yourself up. Have someone, have someone wake you up. Then you could be quote unquote woke. I'm just, I just put that out there. So I love it. <laughs> everyone, you know what we're talking about. If you found anything of value in this episode, don't keep it to yourself. Don't, don't, don't just say that person should have been here. No, no, no. Don't do that. Don't, don't be that guy, that gal. Don't just look back, reach back, bring someone else to the table, click the like, click the subscribe, be sure to push this and share this with as many people as possible. Because if you benefited from it, I promise you, I promise you, your colleagues, your friends, the people who matter to you will also benefit from it. So with no further ado, as always, stay strong, stay positive, and definitely stay moving. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Executive Appeal with Alex Trumbull. I invite you to follow The Executive Appeal wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me, your host, Alex Trumbull, across all socials or via email for exclusive webinars, courses, and his speaking engagements on continued topics of executive leadership. So until next time, stay strong, stay positive, and definitely stay moving.